There's five things that I think are important within our company that I would recommend to anyone that I think are, are key factors for why our culture works here. Number one is eating together. Um, number two, fostering a growth mindset. Number three, faith in the mission. Number four, uh, communication rhythms and prayer. Number five, investing in people. And all of this to say, all five of these points are, the thing that's different is values are altruistic things essentially right like it's something that matters it has meaning it's an emotion but it's not necessarily an action until you take action with that value culture is values and action okay welcome to the built the lead podcast episode number seven i believe yes we are seven number seven already that's great yeah building so what's the culture. topic today called tyler building building a culture building a culture yes. so last time we talked about building a team um which obviously is important but once you have that team, how do you create a culture in the day-to-day? -day? How do you bring people together, unify, and create an environment that you like to be in? Yeah. How do you still enjoy going to work even when maybe you're not happy or the situations that you're facing are challenging or hard? How do you still enjoy it because yeah. the culture is good? Yeah. And that's the point of the episode mm -hmm. is you want to build a culture that people love going to work in. Yes. Yeah, you want to build an environment so that everybody's just happy to go to work. Yeah, and it people do say that here. Like, I, I'm very, like, tied into our culture. Like, I want people to enjoy coming to work here. If someone said, I came to work in your organization and I hated working there, yeah. I looked up at the clock, Every I, I got in my car and two minutes before I go and I go, oh, okay, here we go, the grind. And then at 4.38, I'm like, good Lord, when does it end? And then I finally leave at 5 to 5 because I just can't take it anymore and no one's watching. That would be heartbreaking to me. Yeah. It would be heartbreaking. That's not what I want. Or people coming in, and I, I've had a job like this in the past, where you go in and it's like, okay, I'm ready to work. Let's do this. And it's 8 o'clock and you go in and you're like, ah, I'm all excited. You get in. And then you're like, oh man, is the day over? And you're like, it's nine o'clock. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh no, I'm in, I'm in the wrong job. Yeah, I like, okay, <laughs> I've had enough. Oh wait, I got eight more hours to go. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I, if, how do you build it? Because people talk about culture. Culture is this kind of buzzword yeah. in business. And it's like, we have a great culture. We want to build a good culture. But like, it, it's kind of that mysterious thing. Like, oh, yeah. how do you create a culture? So we're going to talk about how to be intentional and create it. So a story that my first real job that I ever had, right. I worked at a furniture factory. And uh, I remember it distinctly because I feel, I felt like they didn't have a culture. I think they probably tried or they might've, I don't even remember ever being told anything about core values or anything like that when I went there. If they had them, they were not the kind of values that everyone was told about and worked towards. Right. Um, and it's a factory job. So I went in every day, I punched that clock. I wasn't working in an area. I didn't really have a team. I might've yeah. been int introduced to a few people, but there wasn't like um, a unifying factor there. Um, it was the boringest job that ever, or the most boring job that ever existed. I, I blew sawdust off a of furniture before it went into the paint booth Oh, all day. If you can believe that. And yeah, that because sucks. they were slow at the time, the line was moving at quarter speed. So <laughs> they were like, 
<laughs> it was like literally watching paint dry, except I'm I'd, like I'd blow the dust off and I'd almost have to blow it off again by the time it got to the door because the dust was settling on it as fast as it was moving. Oh. Anyways. Riveting. You know, you get to your coffee break, you got 15 minutes, go into the coffee room. Nobody's really talking, hanging out. Everyone just kind of goes to their spot in their corner and pulls their little lunchbox out. Yeah. Eats their thing. I never got to know anyone in the three months that I worked there. Um, and it was just cultureless is how I would describe yeah. it. There was just nothing. It was blah. Well, and the work wasn't exciting. The people weren't unified. I came to work. I did my work and I left. And that's how I felt. Like I, I like working and getting after and doing something. Yeah. But I felt stagnant there and I felt unconnected and I felt no attachment or feeling really at all about that company when I worked there. Yeah. And that to me is a great example of a lot of the places that are out in the world right now that yeah. go to work is like, yeah, I'm here for a paycheck. I go in, I do my job and that's it. Yeah. Well, you said that it, it, it was cultureless. I think there was a culture mm -hmm. and the culture was autonomy. Yeah. And it's just like, well, we could probably replace everybody here with an autonomous robot. <laughs> yeah. Because that's how they, the culture happened, whether yeah. they wanted it to or not. Well, and I'd argue that company went under shortly after me leaving there, like within a year or two or something like that. Yeah. And I would argue that in some senses that possibly they didn't exist because they were just, there was nothing to them. Yeah. There's what's there to be excited about with that right. company. Right. Like they, they're not polarized. They're not interesting. They're not, they just, they make yeah, furniture. They sell it to hotels until they don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyways, moving on from that. The point is, is that that is a lot of people's work experience. And, and that is what happens when you don't become intentional about your culture. So yeah. it's kind of the polar opposites. It's like you can have that or you can have a company like where, yeah. where our employees would say and have said to me in lots of different occasions, um, I love working here. I never, ever once dreaded coming into work. And I know a lot of them have hard jobs. There's a yeah. lot of hard jobs here. Um, physically, mentally, stress-wise, there's challenges, there's problems, there's all kinds of things that could you could say make yeah. work not fun, but it was never not enjoyable for them right. to come to work and be a part of it. So I'm going to break down why I think that is. That's today. great. Oh, yeah, I want to hear. And I mean, I work here, so I, I know that you're very intentional with the work culture and the culture that is Evans Trucking. So there's five things that I think are important within our company that I would recommend to anyone that I think are, are key factors for why our culture works here. Number one is eating together. So back when we were a small company, I started kind of doing lunches with people within the company. So we had a little small team, three or four people. Um, and every Wednesday we would go out for lunch in the afternoon, the four of us on our team. And it just helped bring our team together. Mm -hmm. We spent time talking, getting to know each other personally and just building relationships with that team. And it made that team very tight. Well, as we continued to got bigger, it got to a point where going out to a restaurant, you know, it becomes six people and then eight people, yeah. and then 10 people. Well, I, I can't remember what size we were. We we're like maybe 15 to 20 people. And we went out for dinner and it took the restaurant like two hours to get all our food out and get us in and everyone drives there and you fill up the whole downtown yeah. with cars and it just got to be an unsustainable practice. So at that point, uh, Glenda, my grandmother, actually started um, making lunch for the whole 
company. Nice. So that was like yeah. 20-ish people at that time. And and so every Wednesday we would, in the little shop in the back corner, we would build little tables out of tires and wheels and plywood and we would <laughs> have lunch together. We'd have burgers or whatever, but it was just an opportunity for everyone just to take an hour yeah. and get to know each other. Like and, and at that point, everyone knew each other really easily. They were in each other's environments, but the mechanic in the back corner of the shop doesn't necessarily ever get upstairs to the accounting team. Yeah. And they wouldn't know each other, barely know each other's names other than a name on a paper that I write a paycheck to once yep. in a while. And I didn't like that. I wanted a more unified group of people that yeah. were invested in each other, right? And so to this day, we still have lunches every Wednesday with our whole crew, everyone that's here, uh, truck drivers in town, lots of them try to make a point of coming to lunch when we have it on Wednesdays. But yep. I think right now we have around 60 people typically show up for lunch yeah, it, we actually built our here. new building with a big lunch meeting area and a patio in the middle of the building so we all come together yeah. and at this size you know 60 people in the building and new people coming in and out daily almost within the company there's a lot of scenarios where no one would even meet another yeah. person in their whole time working here yeah right and so it creates that venue where everyone can come together they can sit with random different people they can get to know each other we pray together over a meal but there's just something about eating together that's special yeah. it's to me it's a biblical thing jesus ate with people yeah breaking uh, bread breaking bread it's like it, it's a scenario you brought up it's it, it's a place where you settle beefs where you, that things cut laid out on the table and you just you unify, yeah. right? So if there's anything that's going on that's weird, you, you force them together and you lay it to rest yeah, absolutely. so that we can all just be human together. There's a familial aspect to it. Yeah. Um, it's relational. It just brings the team together. And I know I get comments all the time about how people love that about here. I've had people say they took the job here <laughs> because they heard about the lunches. So and it's, not, and it's not even that it's like pie Monday, cookie Friday. Yeah, we bring food in lots and it's just people come together around food. We have a giant island in the middle of our building. Yeah. Kitchen island and a little kitchen area. And there's always, there's fruit there, there's cookies there, there's donuts, there's pie. People just come together yeah. around it and they talk and they visit, share with each other and they get to know each other. It breaks each other. down silos. The silos you were talking yeah. about, this department never sees this department. It breaks those down because yeah, you're they forcing all meet people together. We put it in the dead center of the building so that no matter where anyone comes from, any angle, any corner, they come through this yeah. area and so they end up meeting there. Yeah. So that's been such a huge thing for our culture. Um, number two, fostering a growth mindset. Okay, when we bring people in, very often they come into a role where they haven't been before, yeah. right? And so they, they're gonna grow and learn something new and that's exciting um, for that. But even if they don't, I explain to them that if you come here, we're happy to invest in you. You're gonna get teaching on the thing that you learn from other yeah. experienced people. And if you come in and you give it your best and you do a good job, there's room for promotion and growth. Right. We read books together within our leadership teams. We share podcasts with one another. Everyone here is in some way, shape or form exposed to and encouraged to have a growth mindset, to yeah. get better, to improve, to be excellent at what they do. And that draws other people in that are like that. And so when you get here, yeah. if someone comes in here and has no intention of getting better, they tend to not fit in really well because everyone's working on themselves in some way, shape or form. Um, on the higher level leadership teams, we do a thing called core four, which is uh, we break down four quadrants of life. So we talk about um, their spiritual life, their physical health, 
their relationship health with all their friends, family, spouses, kids, etc. And then we talk about their work or finance or productive yeah. life. So we break their life into four quadrants and we set quarterly goals together. So we're all continually all on the same pace of rowing in a direction of improvement and betterment yeah. of ourselves, striving for excellence, yeah. which is a value of ours. But that mindset attracts other people of a similar mindset. And it yeah. creates a culture of a constant improvement and uplifting of everyone around you. It's that iron sharpens iron thought process. Yeah. Right? Well, I, I like to liken it to sharks and not that we're trying to in, encourage an environment of bloodthirsty sharks, but the analogy, of, <laughs> the analogy of a shark, a shark always has to stay moving if it wants to survive. Oh yeah. Now a shark doesn't need to be swimming incredibly fast, but it does need to be need moving to be forward. forward. Yeah. Even if it's just coasting along because it needs the water over its gills in order to breathe. Yeah. And so, and that's the culture here. It's just like, yeah, just move forward. Just keep digging when, forward, move a little bit. When you first hired me, my first day, I think I sat down and you said, you know what? If I see you reading a book, sitting there reading a book, I think that's awesome because you're, you're growing. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's so encouraging. Yeah. I'm investing. Yeah. Right. And that's that, that's that I, what I got from it. It's like, oh, you're encouraging me to actually grow which is fantastic because a lot of jobs aren't going to be, no, you're, you're lazy. Stop that and get to work. I want you to do the things I want you to do monkey. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, well, I can, this is a long road, but if you go to move the needle, we talk about marginal gains, the last episode. And, and that's, I really believe in that. I don't believe in plateauing. I think people need to be moving forward. And I think for the growth and health of the entire organization, everyone needs to be improving because we need more leaders. We need more quality people. Yeah. We need people to level up all the time or else the company won't level up. Right. Yeah. If we just get this baseline of people, like we need people on all different levels, right? And so if you enter here and you can work up to here, you can become the rock star that leads a whole nother team if you keep moving in that direction, Yeah. right? So I know investing in people and people growing in an organization is key to the company's progress and growth as well. Yeah. So it's it's a, a cultural thing, yeah. right? Um, number three, what is that? Number three, faith in the mission. So yes. people, people need to know that we stand for something they need to believe in what we're doing here has more than meaning to it than just making a profit if everything comes down to the bottom line and everything's about the dollar and everything's about making more money or more profit it just it's demoralizing it doesn't mean anything people i want people to wear our logo on our shirt right yeah and be proud to wear that if there's no pride or meaning behind that logo or or what we're doing here I don't think people can be in as, as engaged. And I know that I've been told many times in talking to people when I'm hiring that that was a deciding factor of whether they wanted to work in this company yeah. or not, right? And when I see people out in, in the world wearing our logo or being around, I, you can see that that it, it they're proud of it, not just for the sake of pride, but because it means something. And it means something to, that, to them, and it means something also to everyone who interacts with it, the business. Yeah. They understand that we're generous, we're integral, we're building the community, we're helping people. Right? Yeah, That's the point. When we say we're creating awesome jobs for excellent people, setting them up for success and make them feel like a part of our family, we're building a, our community up while we grow. Yeah. People are benefiting from this. And so when they show up to work every day, they're benefiting other people by building this organization. Yeah. And that means something. Right. And speaking of apparel, I was at a hockey game, saw a person wearing a Evans HD. I didn't recognize the person, which is kind of odd because I know everybody around here. 
But I was excited. And I was like, oh, I want to go talk to them because. Yeah, you want to know where they got it. Yeah. I hear these stories a lot now, now that we're getting bigger and we give a lot of gear out and stuff. And um, I think Reese was telling me this morning that he dropped one his kids off at school in Lethbridge somewhere. And he saw a little girl wearing an Evans trucking toque. Like <laughs> That's an, awesome. One of our nice ladies' toques. Yeah. And he's just like, how did... I don't understand. And so and through figuring out one of our drivers is a grandpa to this little girl oh, and yeah. he gave her this toque and she loves it and wears it to school. That's so awesome. it just, it means something. He's proud yeah. to give it to her. She's proud to wear it. And it's not just because it's a nice toque. It's because it means something. And you know, that's an important point that I won't, I won't take up a lot of time, but my family loves to wear the apparel. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing is that, you you know, we can be proud, but our, the culture that you're setting is actually seeping out into into the families that, yeah. that are there and even into the community. Yeah, and I heard a story the other day um, from someone we know in our family met someone who works in our company, but they didn't know they worked for us. But when they found out that they worked for us, they went, I actually kind of wondered if you worked for the Evans family just because of the way that you held yourself, yeah. the way that you talked, the way you communicated, the culture of who you are yeah. made me feel like you were a part of them. Yeah, it's, it means it's fantastic, right? Yeah. So that's number three. Number four, uh, communication rhythms and prayer. It's kind of two things, but we do them together. Yeah. So we do a thing called EOS, um, which is really it's, it's an acronym that uh, stands for a boring name, which is Entrepreneurial uh, Operating System. Um, but it Check EOS it has a communication rhythm. So we have a rhythm of meetings. We have one meeting a week per department. It's a 90 minute meeting. Um, but what that, and then it has some suggestions on t- touch bases with key people in your teams and how often you should do that. But what that has created for us, which has changed our culture immensely is a communication rhythm. People need to communicate. People need to be poured into. People need yeah. to have an open venue to share their thoughts and their feelings and to be heard within the company, to know that their thoughts matter and to be told about what's going on and the vision and the company. So we can have a great vision. We can have great mission. We can have great core values. We can have all these things, but if we don't communicate them out to our people, yeah, they don't know. Yeah. And right? it has and, to be all the time. And it's not just once. It's like, I can't remember seven to 10 times you have to tell something out to your people for them to actually understand it or get it or for it to click or for them to remember, right? So you need this rhythm of communication that hits it over and over and over. And your people need to become evangelists. Your leaders need to be evangelizing the values and the mission and the purpose of the business to everyone around them so that it becomes like people are immersed in it, right? It's not just saying it, it's also acting it out. But the community, <coughs> excuse me, the communication rhythm is what keeps that going over and over. And when a new person comes in, they hear it once and then they hear it again and they hear it again and they hear it again and they hear it from this person, they hear it from that person, they hear it from this person. These rhythms of communication, these individual touches with people and the communicating of these values is incredibly important for everyone getting it, living it, believing it, and and understanding what's expected. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and, and you're instilling it, you have these meetings. It's like, number one, you're having lunch together too once a week. Yeah. That's another rhythm that is like, another that's communication happening. And rhythm. it's another communication. It's connection. It's unity. Yeah. And so, and then I say communication rhythms and prayer. So for us, we're a Christian business. We believe that. We're not ramming it down <laughs> anyone's throats, but we just live the way yeah. that we live. Yeah. And in that way, we pray before every single meeting that we have. We pray before every single meal that we have. And when we're having a rough day or a, a tough time with the team, I will go specifically pray with that team. Yeah. Because 
we need to remember to lay things out before God. We cast mm-hmm. our cares. He says to do that. He's in control. And when we start trying to take that control back and we model that as leaders, then mm-hmm. everybody gets frazzled. But that when we pray, we bring everyone back to center and everyone back to refocusing on God's purpose and God's mission for what we're here mm-hmm. and that he's in control and that we can give that to him and get back to an enjoyable, peaceful way of doing our work. It's yeah. a rhythm. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And it doesn't mean that people have to be Christians to work here. But No, they don't. But, you know. It they, scares off a lot. We're still going to be Christians whether they like it or not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, number five, investing in people. So I think a big mistake that's made by CEOs, business owners, and then layers of leadership throughout companies that get bigger is that they don't take the time to invest in their people. Um, they don't like death by meeting and and the idea that we shouldn't waste time, we need to get to work. Mm-hmm. I get that. Like I And I appreciate the fact that we do need to be diligent and disciplined and get the work done and get after it and work hard. But when we don't take the, the time to sit down one-on-one with people on our teams and invest in them and lead them and talk to them about their vision and their dreams and their goals and their purposes and getting to know one another, mm-hmm. we can't have a good culture. We can't know each other. In, in a perfect world, and I, and I try to I teach this to my leadership people, in this company, I would like it for it to be possible that when you enter into this into this organization as an employee or a member of our team that at first we're an acquaintance i know your name hopefully and what you look like you know me and what i look like but that's that's it i want everybody to be a level two friend so if there's three levels there's best friends we're intimate we share Mm -hmm. everything we talk a lot then there's level two friends i know you you know me i know your kids names if i saw you in the grocery store i'd stop and say hi and have a chat or i'd go out for dinner with you if you were in town i would like it if everybody within our company were able to be on that level two type of relationship with one another. And so pushing in that, and it's extremely hard as we get bigger. When we were, you know, sub 50 people, that was really easy, right? And and I used to say, well, within a month or two months, I want to be on that level with people. Now it's more like, okay, mate, take six months or a year for me to be able to interact with you or your team leads to be able to interact with you enough to actually build a relationship. But I want there to be relationships, a web of them through our entire company so that people are actually invested in each other's lives. Yeah. Right. And that's big part of our culture. There's ladies groups that get together and meet that are all from here that just have fun nights together. There's mm-hmm. there's guys things, there's football games, there's um, barbecues that all happen within the web of our community be- because people actually have relationships with each other. They're not just yeah. surface level that I don't, you know, I don't work and play in the same place. I, I, I'm complete opposite. I think it should all be as intertwined yep. as it can be. And that takes time investing in relationship yeah. with people. Right. And if leaders will invest in, in building that relationship and invest in knowing their people, then they're going to be able to help them reach their goals and meet their needs and, and continue to grow. Yeah. And people notice investment. They know when someone's investing in them. Yeah. Well, that you actually care. Yeah. And all of this to say, all five of these points are the thing that's different is values are are like an altruistic thing, essentially, right? Like it's something that matters, it has meaning, it's an emotion, but it's not necessarily an action until you take action with that Mm -hmm. value. Culture is values and action. Yeah. Right? So the culture is the things that we do that prove our values, Mm. right? And when we can prove our values through our actions, then we have a good culture. Yeah, absolutely. Right? 
Yeah. So next, that's how we do it here. That's that's those how are the we actions that you've taken to yeah. instill a culture here. Yes, and and it's working. Yeah. <laughs> so far as I can tell, yeah, people are pretty happy. They enjoy their jobs. There, there's a lot of relationships. People care about each other, and they're invested in each other. Yeah. Right. And we create activities and abilities for that to happen here mm-hmm. on the daily, and they're intentional and on purpose. Okay. How do other people do culture in different ways? Um, that maybe, and again, this is, that was our way. This doesn't mean it's not the only way it's a way, Yeah. but it also depends what kind of culture you want. Yeah, We exactly. did that because we want that sort of culture, but other companies might not want that. So for example, we were talking about Google, Facebook, a lot of these tech companies you hear about, oh yeah, that guy worked at Facebook and they had a ping pong table and yeah. they have a smarty bar and they have food there and they bust them yeah. in and out to work and they do all these things. That is a culture that they've tried to create is they want people to feel at home that they don't need to, to leave and that they can be completely invested and comfortable and creative in that environment. Mm-hmm. They have a very creative culture. And so they create environments where people can be inspired and check in and check out and and be relational in a different and more creative way, right? That's how they do it. That's yeah. the culture they're doing. But their actions are proving that they want that culture because they built the Smarty Bar. Yeah. <laughs> they put a ping pong table in. Yeah. Right? Where you go to a company like Amazon, who's known for firing the bottom 10 to 15% in performers every year if you're not in it. Yeah. They have a very different culture. Yeah. <laughs> which I've heard is not typically that great. Right. Or, and that may be the way they used to be. I've read it in a few different books. But the point is, is that they're looking for a performance culture. Yeah. They want top performers and top performers only. So if you're in the upper echelon of Amazon, you're clearly a killer. Yeah. Right. Speaking of sharks in the water. Yeah. Right? Well, and you know, you think about how that actually plays out in what you were talking about earlier is if there's, if you're saying one thing, if, if let's say Amazon was saying we want to build a family and we want all our workers to be like a family and then they're firing the bottom 15%, the actions are actually going against the culture that they're trying to set. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you you said it earlier, it's the cultures, you will have a culture, whether it feels like no culture or nothing or yeah. or it's aggressive and gritty and crazy and high performance or if yeah. it's soft and gentle and creative and happy, it's still a culture. Yeah. It's going to route itself out. It's going to be something. Yeah. Right? You're going to have a culture whether you want one or not. Yeah, exactly. Of course, you want to be in control of that culture. You don't want it to just happen. Yeah. And and there, to that point, there's another point that I didn't say. People who are unintentional about cultures or owners or businesses, a lot of times these bigger public corporations um, that aren't as intentional about creating a culture, what happens within them is that you, you get strong personalities or strong leaders that come in and take on departments and then you create many subcultures. Oh, yeah. And I've had this, and not necessarily to the negative version of it, but I've had this scenario happen within now that we're getting to be bigger that these mini cultures start forming because mm-hmm. this particular team becomes a high performance team because the leader is all about performance and mm-hmm. results and they're uh, a type personality and they're hard driving and gritty and get after it. Well, they lead everyone that way and guess who gets gravitated into their team? Those type of people, guess who goes out of their team? People who don't get along with that. Yeah. So then you create these little mini subcultures. And what happens is, is when you don't take these strong leader personalities and then teach them and lead them as their leader, and teach mm-hmm. them what you expect, teach them what you want, teach them about your values, teach them about the mission. They can become, they create this own culture. But if you give a strong leader and a good personality the right values and you teach them and lead them in that direction, 
then they will lead their people that way and you'll get that unified culture throughout rather than all these mini subcultures happening within your company. Okay, so from, from there, these little mini subcultures, the important thing is that the leaders must exemplify the culture. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of scenarios where people bring up a leader in a company and I've been, I've done it as well. And and they don't necessarily hit on values, but they're just a strong person, either the strong leader or they're the highest, highest performer in their team, right? But they're yeah. not the right culture. Well, when they don't exemplify the culture and you're trying to build that culture, that becomes a huge problem in that team. Like you have all this dysfunction happening because people are getting mixed messages. Well, so-and-so doesn't show up on time. He's the team lead, but he's always late. Yeah. Well, guess what happens below him? People start going, well, he's late. So I guess it's not that important that I show up on time. I can leave now. I can leave early. I can leave late. I can come and go when I please. I don't need to stay locked in. Whatever it be. Right. But that guy might operate that way, but he's not exemplifying the values of the company. Mm-hmm. Then everyone's going to get mixed messages from that. And that team's going to struggle to figure out the culture and the values. And it's incredibly important that you make sure your leadership, high level and mid level managers, mm-hmm. are exemplifying the culture. Incredibly important. Culture falls to the lowest level you will tolerate mm. as the leader. Yeah. And that's incredibly important. And I've learned that the hard way a lot of different times is that, you know, you might re- really like someone or they're your friend or, you know, they're they're super likable person, but they have these little quirks and you're willing to tolerate them because, you know, like, well, they do everything else really good. So it's, it's not a big deal if yeah. they tell lewd jokes occasionally in the middle yeah. of the bullpen until everyone else starts noticing and getting upset about it. And then this person's acting out and telling lewd jokes in yep. another department you're like well why is that going on over there and then you see it's like sickness right yeah, these these spreads. things start weeds start popping up throughout the whole organization it's like well why is that happening well yep. it's because as the leader you've tolerated it here mm-hmm. so that sends a message to the whole company that we'll tolerate it anywhere that's on culture yeah right if i don't tell the one person that comes in late every day you got to cut that out or else this is, you're going to be gone or you you just can't do that then everyone thinks it's okay for that thing. if you allow people to swear within your organization and we've fallen this before too i've not watched my mouth and and you know you get a little bit loose tongued <laughs> and and then all of a sudden everybody's swearing yeah and you're like what's wow, going on why did the, why is all of a sudden this company a a, a foul mouthed bunch of sailors in here yeah. well you didn't exemplify a culture and you tolerated it and here we are. Yeah. Right? Exactly. So well, you know, you, that's interesting. You know, uh, have you ever heard of the term groundwater? Mm, yeah. Yeah. And so groundwater and for all our listeners out there, groundwater is, it's an analogy for what culture is kind of. There's there's a lot of, a lot of crossover there. And so groundwater is kind of um, your culture. And the idea is, is that whatever's in the water will get drawn up by it by the plant the mm-hmm. groundwater would be like work culture your provincial culture your community culture your canadiana so to speak mm-hmm. there's a lot of different cultures that are influencing us and so when you're creating this groundwater and what you're talking about is like you know a different leader or a different person who starts you know oh they're a strong leader and they're 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 influencing they're actually adding groundwater Mm-hmm. And so if you take a plant like a daisy, it's a white daisy, you put it into 
green tainted water, the daisy will become green. And so it wicks up whatever's in the groundwater. Mm-hmm. And so it, swearing. Yeah, it's, or, it's what you tolerate becomes in the water, right? Yeah. Like that, well, I guess that other people suck it up like it's okay. Yeah. Right? And so you, you always have to be aware of that. And like when, you know, when you hire someone, like the last episode on on hiring the right team, um, you have to be aware that they, they need to be adaptable enough to, to wick up the right groundwater. Mm-hmm. to wick up the the water that you're setting because you as the leader in the company is actually providing the water, the groundwater, the culture, mm-hmm. and you're wanting them to wick it up. Yeah. You're wanting them to become uh, unified in their ideals for the company. Yeah. Well, another thing too is, is that you can have these plants that thrive in this type of groundwater are not all plants. You might take someone from a different <laughs> environment and you uproot them and plant them into yeah. your groundwater and your nutrition in your system and they wither and die yeah. because that's not what they live on yeah right they if if you bring a really negative person into a really positive environment they just can't handle it yeah like it's it's like oil and water there's a refusal to wick up that groundwater yeah they're not they they just can't pick up on the the culture that everyone has and yeah. i've seen that happen like not lots of times but occasionally you bring someone in there's just like everything that goes on here just they're like bothered by it they don't like it they don't like the environment yeah. they, they don't want to have anything to do with it oh why is everyone so flipping happy here <laughs> right <laughs> leave me alone that kind Heaven of thing forbid yeah but Happiness. they wither and die and they go away yeah so if you keep your groundwater water clean and pure then you the plants that are going to thrive are going to thrive and and the plants that are adaptable are going to yeah. come in and become what you want them to be and well, the ones that don't are going to wither and die and leave yeah and you know bringing in a leader and what you were talking about earlier, you bring in a leader and mostly a good leader who's a strong leader will go in and be like, oh, there's water here. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I will start wicking this up and, and providing more. Yeah, they, they're happy leader, to soak it yeah. up and take it on. And I think what happens a lot of times, and we talked about this really early, that culture will happen whether you want it to or not. A leader will come in. If there's no groundwater, they'll provide they'll it. They'll create the groundwater. Yeah, right. It's true. Yeah, if there's nothing there to work with, they'll do whatever they think's best. Yeah. And that might not and align with what you want. And right. yeah, exactly. And sometimes it's good, but it might even just be off. Like I, I saved, I've said to so many people, your best trait is also your worst weakness, right? Mm-hmm. People are tend to have extreme personality traits, right? So if you're a hard driving, hardworking, tough, rumble guy, or you're a type A personality, you can lead, you can go, you can blow through walls, but then you also run people over on the process and hurt people's feelings. Right. And so you become, you can be an unempathetic person that, that now has conflict with somebody else because, but man, if you want something done, you give it to that guy and he'll run through walls for you. But like, look out. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, and that's what can happen is you can get someone in place who's a strong leader has a really strong personality and they can run people over with the wrong. Yeah techniques or the wrong thoughts or the wrong ideas, the ones that you don't want. And that's why it's so important. So this is where I'm going to go with that. It is the CEO, the top man, the, whomever's at the top running this, leading this company is responsible for the yep. teaching and the leading of everyone else who's in leadership and management in that company. A lot of other, especially bigger companies, they hire out these other leadership firms or they send someone to a course and that's still good. That's not a bad thing. At yep. least you're trying. Yep. But at the end of the day, if if it's the CEO goes, well, you need leadership training and sends them to John Maxwell's thing 
for training and a two weekend thing yeah. and they come back and they start putting those things in but the ceo doesn't exemplify and yeah. doesn't support and doesn't lead on those things it's all going to fall on deaf ears at the yeah. end of the day. and he's not even implementing it he's not yeah, even he following those rules. he just wants you to do better at it yeah. right you have to be the tip of the spear as the leader it's your yeah. responsibility at this point in my career it's pretty much all that i do is i do the vision for the company and i do leadership with mm-hmm. people Right. Hence the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. Values drive everything. Right. And this is why we started this podcast out by doing core values, mission and vision. That's the first two episodes. Everything comes off of that foundation. Right. The culture is built off the foundation of values and the foundation of vision and mission for the company. So. Um, you know, I, f- I feel like a broken record saying that you use vision and culture to do this and you use mission and culture to do this and you use like I keep going back to it over and over. It's because it's that important. Yeah. You have to get your values figured out, written down, aligned and then use them for everything. That's yeah. the foundation. It is our groundwater. It is the groundwater and it's what people will will suck up. Yeah. But the reality is, is that and I, as I said this earlier. Values is the ideas, culture is the values in action. Right. Right. It's you got to go there. You have to make your actions, your, oh, how did I write that down? Your rhythms, your communications, and your activities need to align with your values. And that's what makes your culture. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Okay. Pain points. I find a lot of leaders um, are conflict avoiders. That's not just leaders. Everybody in general, especially Canadians, yeah, Canadians especially. don't like conflict, yeah. right? And so they don't like to instigate a conflict and go and start something with somebody. But that is such a huge thing yeah. for culture is that drama and issues and problems and conflicts, they bubble up from yeah. underneath. And when no one is willing to deal with them, they get worse and worse and worse and worse. And then this tolerating scenario becomes a big problem. Yeah. So for leaders, a huge pain point is just, going directly to the source and dealing with conflict at the at the point of conflict and dealing with it early and using values to route out the problem with the conflict and not not to focus on the conflict focus on the resolution well and on what values are being broken that caused the conflict to happen and i and i will go back to this time after time every time i deal with the conflict and it's frequently i go you can get caught up in the branches of the issue. Well, she said this and he said that and no, no, no. And they all have their excuses and their attacks against each other or against the company or whatever it is. But if you go down to the trunk, the root of the issue, you follow that down and you go to the values and go, what's feeding this conflict? It is yeah. always a core value. You can always go, they're not striving for excellent excellence. They're not self-motivated. Yeah. They're not helpful, serving and kind. They're not communicating clearly. They're for not some having reason, a positive attitude. Yeah, for some reason they're not waking up the groundwater. Somewhere in there, there's a values issue. Yeah. And if you go down to that issue, it explains the root of the matter. And that's the only way that it's gonna get resolved. If you just fix the behavior, you're not gonna get down to the root of the issue, which is the values, Yeah. right? So when you're dealing with conflict, you need to teach your leaders to do what I call mining for conflict, which is actually going and looking for potential upcoming problems and potential conflicts between other employees and then bring bring that out to the surface as early as possible and go to the values and teach them the values yeah. and why the values matter and how this can be resolved through core values. Yeah. 
And if they, and if they focus on that, focus on the end point mm-hmm. instead of the thing that the barrier in front of them conflict, yeah. which is a lot of times a very small thing, especially early. If you yeah. catch it early, you're like, oh no, if I, I need to do this to get here. Yeah. So conflict avoidance is a major hurt, like pain point for culture. If you want yeah. to keep a clean, good, positive culture, you got to get those conflicts out early and you got to deal with them. We don't, no drama here. I don't do drama. We do deal with conflict early, right? Mm-hmm. And I find it changes the tone of a conflict resolution when you go to values because you show that you actually care about the people on a human level and not just about on a behavioral level, mm-hmm. right? People are generally good. And if you can point out the deep thing in them that needs to change and what they need to work on and get to that root, then they can actually change the behavior instead yeah. of just putting up a wall and say, stop doing that. I mean, if they don't want to, they're not really growth focused. No. Well, back to core values. Right. So another big uh, pain alleviator, something that I found to be really interesting, and I just learned it from experiencing it, is that when you are very purposeful and you build a really strong culture, um, your people actually defend the culture. Mm. You don't have to be the only um, you know, garter of the culture. You don't have to be the proponent of it every time. You don't have to sell, sell, sell eventually it, the culture takes over yeah. in and of itself. And the example that I give is um, a while back, I got a phone call from one of our longtime drivers. And he was at a customer site um, where a customer we use a lot, a very important customer to us. Um, and another driver had come in and he'd come driving into the yard way too fast hmm. and erratically and come rolling up and slammed on the brakes and caused a big dust storm in the middle of the yard. And then he jumped out, didn't put his his protective gear on, and tromped into the office, and then got into a little altercation with the shipper receiver oh, wow. in the office and just caused a big disturbance, right? And so he called me up and he said, so-and-so, what's his, like, how long has he been working here? What's his deal? And I said, oh, that's new guy. I don't know much about him. And he said, well, that guy's not on culture. Yeah. This isn't, and he didn't say that. He, what he said is, that's not how we do things at Evans. Yeah. Right. He said, the way that he acted didn't make me, if that's the kind of people we hire, it doesn't make me proud to be a mm. member of our company. Right. And that guy was let go shortly after that for similar reasons as that. Yeah. But just that guy behavior. noticed the issue and it just bothered him on such a deep level because he cared about what the company yeah. stood for that he couldn't help but call me up and explain the situation and share his feelings. Like he was emotionally tied into the fact that it was damaging our company's culture, the way this guy yeah. was operating, right? And so your people become the defenders of your culture, right? You you have a, a mid-level person that's just working on a team and someone will will uh, run someone else down, for example, and say, well, that guy's an idiot and I don't like him and blah, blah, blah. And they start, rah, 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 rah. someone else goes, yeah, do you know what? That's not, we don't do that here. If you got to beef with them, you need to talk with management or talk with them directly, but you don't, we don't run people down mm-hmm. in the public setting. That's not how we do yeah, it. Yeah, that's... Right? And so it's, it's, I don't have to police it all. Not every leader has to police it. When people suck up the groundwater and become yeah. part of the team. They know what's what's expected and then they protect it because it means something to them. It's important. Yeah. Absolutely. And that and that's a great thing to have that you don't have to have a ever watchful eye on on everybody in the company because you're seeding it out there and they're just kind of, you know, oh, I I'm a green daisy because I've been drinking the groundwater and I see a red rose over here. No. 
that's not what we what we are here. Yeah, they stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Right? You put one red rose in the pack with green daisies and everyone's going, <laughs> what's going on here? What's going on with this guy? <laughs> right? Yeah. So again, what I want people to take away from this, the most important point is, is that your core values are your belief system. Your culture is your belief system in action. Mm-hmm. Your rhythms, your communications, your activities, how you tune your company in those ways, the actions of how you do things is your culture. And when you can get that in alignment, then you're going to have an environment where people actually really enjoy coming to work. Even on the hard days, even on the tough challenges that they face, they're always going to enjoy coming to work. And so will you as the owner and leader in your company. Yeah, because you're going to see such positive things coming out of it. You're going to see the things that you've built becoming real. I mean, as an owner, that just sounds awesome. And all the people that you work with. Yeah, I, I think for... For anyone who who is an entrepreneur and is building an, a business that they want to love, they want to enjoy coming to work every day. And a lot of people end up hating coming to work every day because they because of inter people issues that happen and the conflicts and the problems and all that. And the solution for that is to have a strong culture. Yeah, because then you come and you work with your friends and people that you like doing job a job that you love every day and if you're going to spend the majority of your life working you should really enjoy it yeah absolutely for sure so that's all i got for today on culture um hopefully that added value to people and uh yeah if you have questions or if this added value to you please share it yeah um tell your friends like us rate us interact with us yeah anything comments yeah that'd be appreciated you guys have a great week